The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. In offering these morning reflections, instructions, we sometimes say, I'd like to re-emphasize that what I'm offering in these mornings isn't so much something to do to try to add a project or a tool or a thing to look for in your experience. But we can look at these reflections or these pointings as things you might be able to recognize in your experience. Perhaps areas of experience that hadn't been highlighted for you before, where they've been overlooked. And so reflecting on these offerings as descriptions of experience that you might notice rather than something to do. And it's very hard for me to scrub the doing language from my, from my speech, I have to say. And so it sounds like at times, oh, you could look at this or you could look for this. I try to say, oh, this might be noticed, but you know, that doing vocabulary is so deeply ingrained. And so I, I, I like to remind us all of this, and I am keeping the exploration, the practice going of trying to be clear in the language. This morning, like to explore processes of our mind and body that are happening all the time and can be seen, can be known, recognized. And these processes are what make up our human life. And beginning to recognize these processes at work 
helps us to recognize that they are just natural living processes. They're not so much, it's not that there's so much an I or a me in here that's doing these processes, but in fact it's the other way that these processes at work create the illusion of an I or me And so as we begin to recognize the process, processes functioning directly in our experience, we begin to recognize, I'm not doing that. It's just happening. And so, first of all, just in a very broad way, we can explore processes of body and processes of mind. And helpful to begin to to recognize that they are distinct but interrelated. experience that happens in the body has a feedback to what happens in our mind and experience that happens in our mind has a feedback into what happens in our body. And sometimes we actually mistake or confuse or uh, conflate the body and mind. We think we're noticing something in our body, but really it's a process in our mind that's, that we're seeing through. An example of this is uh, concepts we have about the body. The bodily experience itself is very simple. It's uh, the touch sensations of the body have some different qualities to them. And just as you sit here, you might recognize the experience of being in a body and the sensations that that comprises are things like vibration, pulsing, tingling, coolness or heat. Pressure. Tightness. Softness or hardness. 
if you put your attention in your hand right now, what are the sensations that are in that area? Coolness, heat, vibration, pulsing. That's what the experience is. And where is hand in that experience? Hand is a concept, a mental construct. And yet, we often relate to our body through the concepts of body. Knee, shoulder, hand, foot, eye, head, stomach. And so there can be this conflation, mixing up of the actual experience, the the physical sensations, and the idea, the ideas about the body. This kind of thing happens a lot. And so it's helpful, and I think this is why the Buddha talked about mental and physical processes, to help us begin to understand what makes up this human experience, so that we don't misunderstand it. So there's the body process. These kind of elemental sensations at the body level. The touch receptor. And there are also, of course, the receptions of form and color in the eye receptor, pitch and tone in the ear receptor, bitter, sweet, salty, pungent, sour in the taste receptor. And the experience at the sense door is at that elemental level. And what we recognize in the world is created by our mind's processes. And so as we put food in our mouth, 
the actual physical sensations of what's experienced there. There's a combination of touch and taste, liquid, sour, sweet, and the mind creates the idea and experiences through that idea often. Orange. This is the taste of orange. But there isn't an orange sense taste receptor. It's created by our minds. And then we apply a concept to it, another creation of our minds. So I'm going to name some of the ways we can start to recognize mental processes at work. As I name them, you might just notice if any of that process is obvious to you in the moment. No need to try to construct it. But these processes are happening all the time and so they can be noticed. And as I name them, you might be naturally inclined to recognize them. And so there are emotions. Often we feel emotions in response to physical experience. Or in response to a thought. So we hear something or we see something and there's a response. Maybe a happiness or a delight or a frustration or an irritation, a confusion. this layer of emotional response is a mental activity in Buddhist understanding heart and mind are not distinct we often think of emotions as being of the heart and they're often felt in the area of the heart. Sadness and happiness both felt quite strongly in the area of the heart. And yet the Buddhist understanding doesn't distinguish heart and mind so much. Same base. of receptivity. (coughs) 
And so this emotional functioning of our system is part of our mental experience that we can know. At a slightly subtle level, subtler level than full-on emotion, is a simple liking or not liking of experience. May not feel like a full-on reaction, but just more almost like a preference. It's like we tip one way or another. This too is a mental experience. Our preferences are not inherent in what's happening in the world. Our preferences are a product of, a result of, many conditions, both conditions of our past and conditions of how we are right now. I think you've some, some of you have seen this. You know, you, this is m- maybe in the sitting meditation, you sometimes recognize that uh, sometimes there's a, an experience that might happen, a sound or uh, something um, happens in the room. And sometimes there might be a, uh, oh, I don't like that. Hmm. Or, what's that? Kind of a leaning into or a leaning away from. And at another time, it might simply be just the appearance of sound or that experience in your being. And there's no leaning either way. And so we see that it's not necessary to have that preference. It is a condition and constructed, constructed by our minds. At a slightly subtler level than even liking or disliking is a very simple experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Every single sense experience, including what happens in our minds, has this tone to it, a feeling tone. We can know this. And this feeling tone, actually the Buddha really highlighted the feeling tone as a very helpful avenue of exploration because in a very human way this is not so much our personal conditioning but just our human condition this human being likes or moves towards pleasant 
moves away from unpleasant. And so the liking and not liking are in response to this pleasant, unpleasant quality. And often our emotional reactions are a response to this pleasant, unpleasant quality. And so we start to see again how experience is constructed. There's an unpleasant contact in our body. We don't like it. We start thinking about it. We get frustrated. All constructed by the mind. So there's the possibility of noticing and seeing in our experience this very fundamental, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral quality. And just now, you know, what is the most obvious experience that you're receiving? It's possible to know whether that's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. And is it what happens as you can recognize the pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral quality to a sound or a body sensation or an emotion? another area of mental experience is that we recognize experience. We hear a sound and our mind tries to identify it based on history, based on memory. The sound uh, outside right now To me, it's uh, not one that I'm familiar with here. It's a new sound. And yet, it's familiar enough that I recognize it's something like equipment and people working maybe in a field. (coughs) 
And so my mind creates an image somehow of that. That process of the mind trying to recognize and creating an idea or a, a, a concept of what it is happening, that's the process of perception. the process of perception can be recognized, it often comes about as some kind of a naming of experience. Workers. (coughs) Or if we hear the sound of a car, we may see an image of a car. This is the process, a mental process of recognizing experience. It's very natural. It's a rudimentary form of thought, and yet not one that we usually can stop because it is such a natural part of our human experience to recognize and remember from past, what is that (coughs) to recall uh, what this is, what's happening. It's a kind of a shortcut for us. This also happens with our physical sensations. It may be that we experience uh, sharpness or burning experience in an area of our body. And our mind will create an image perhaps of that body part. The image of knee appears in the mind. the mind recognizing the area of the sensation. the simplicity of just knowing experience. This is a very foundational process of mind. There's a sight and we know it. There's a sound and we know it. There's a body sensation and we know it. Every experience has these two aspects to it. Some impingement on the senses and the recognition of that impingement, the the knowing of that. 
one way to explore this knowing of experience. There's a little bit of a dropping of a uh, reflection or an orientation to notice in the mind that we know. So something like sensation is known. Seeing is known. So it takes us uh, kind of a step back and away from the field to the mind that knows the field. Seeing is known. Again, we may not know quite how we know that seeing is known, but there may be an intuition of it a little bit. Not, not to try to find it or figure it out, but you may just have little intimations Ah, seeing is known. One fun way I've found for exploring this has been if there's something challenging happening, some hindrance, stumbled into this at one point when I was having a very strong aversion attack. And uh, I was being with the aversion, I was knowing the aversion, I was knowing it was unpleasant. Really unpleasant experience. And at some point, uh, in a I don't know, I, I guess it was wisdom. Wisdom decided to do this. I don't remember choosing to do this, but uh, wisdom kind of reflected, oh, aversion is known. And in that knowing of aversion, the it's kind of like looking through a different side of the prism the entire experience shifted from being very unpleasant to being neutral because the attention was kind of more emphasizing the knowing of aversion than it was the aversion itself. Aversion itself is usually unpleasant. Knowing is neutral. It's just a neutral process of the mind. And so if you find, this could be a little doing, you could play with this as a doing in in a hindrance attack. See what happens if you drop that reflection. Anger is known. We can't often try to shift to the knowing, but dropping in a the possibility sometimes can open the mind to seeing something that it hasn't seen before.
It's using a kind of an uh, a leaning towards or a you know inclining inclining to seeing something without trying to do that seeing. And so as we begin to get familiar with these many kinds of processes in our minds, we also start to see the interactions, the interconnections, the conditioned relationships that they have together. I've mentioned a few already. Feeling tone conditions liking and not liking, often conditioning reactivity. Sense experience, conditioning perception, a recognition of experience, conditioning views and beliefs and ideas about that, often emotions and reactivity arising from the perception. We start to see these processes interweaving and recognize they're doing themselves. And we also start to realize that whatever we are experiencing, every single thing that we experience is created by our minds. I'm not of the view that there's nothing out there, that it's all mental for mental creation all that way. It's not I don't I don't have that view. But what I do understand is that there's stuff out there, at least I believe that's a view. I believe there's stuff out there. I believe you're all sitting out there. But my experience, all that I can experience, all that I can know, is my own mind's reflection of what's out there. I can't know the actual thing, processes out there. Can't know really what's out there. It's all, everything that we know internally, Everything that we see, smell, hear, taste, touch, think about, respond to, is created by our minds. And because of that, there's a huge 
door of opportunity for delusion to create mistaken understanding of what's happening. So this is part of the humbling nature of what we see as we watch our minds. All experience is led by mind, created by mind, made by mind. that can be known. 